Welcome back to the Mike Dillard Podcast, where we help entrepreneurs like you get the knowledge and skills that you need to bring your dreams to life. Well, gang, we've all heard the saying that goes, people will forget what you said, they will forget what you did, but they will never forget how you made them feel. As we enter the season of giving and gratitude here in the West, sending gifts to our family members, friends, and customers is a tradition. Giving a gift to someone can be an incredibly powerful act, for better or worse. As you're going to discover through the amazing stories you'll hear today, when done thoughtfully and with care, sending a gift to someone can open the door to new relationships and opportunities in a way that nothing else can. It can create a bond and a connection with someone that can literally last a lifetime and that will never be forgotten. But when done incorrectly, it can have the complete opposite effect that you're after. It can actually cause the recipient to feel like another sheep in the herd, misunderstood, unappreciated, or even disrespected. And unfortunately, most businesses shoot themselves in the foot every holiday season with impersonal and lazy gift-giving campaigns that they send to their customers when they would have been much better off sending nothing at all. Well, to help us understand the incredible powers and dangers that come with giving gifts, we're joined by a gentleman who's literally dedicated his life to the practice, John Rulin. Now, the story of how John discovered the power of gifts is absolutely incredible, and the wisdom that he has gained along the way when it comes to building relationships using gifts is some of the most valuable content that I've, frankly, ever heard on this podcast over the last four years. Many of you, in fact, will have your lives changed by this interview one way or another. So please share it with your coworkers, your business partners, and your family members, because the gifts that you do give create strong feelings with your recipients. You just want to make sure that those feelings are positive ones of appreciation, love, and gratitude instead of accidentally triggering the opposite. So with that being said, please help me welcome John Rulin. Well, John Rulin, welcome to the podcast, my friend. Hey, thanks for having me, Mike. Yeah, absolutely. So you and I got a chance to, to briefly catch up a couple of weeks ago when you were in Austin, and we put together this, uh, this interview. I'm super excited about it. This is actually a topic that I have thought about for many, many years. It's been in the back of my, my mind, and I'll get to the details or my thoughts around it later. But you've become one of the foremost experts in using a concept that you called giftology to help build relationships, build rapport with folks, to open doors, create opportunities. And I think this is just such a powerful strategy to use in the digital age where everybody's just constantly getting pounded online and you know, that world, there, there's the personal touch has been lost in many ways. So before we dive into to giftology and, you know, the strategy and the training behind that, give everybody some information about yourself and your background as an entrepreneur, and then ultimately how you ended up making this your primary focus. Yeah. Well, sometimes when people hear the, you know, the celebrities and the, you know, pro sports teams like the Cubs, they assume like maybe John got lucky and Maybe his dad was like VP of sales or something for Major League Baseball or, or whatever else um, that I you know got got uh, hanging out at the country club, made the right relationships, and I'm actually the underdog that you know that a lot of people talk about. Like I grew up on a farm in uh, in the middle of Nowheresville, Ohio, one of six kids, milking goats every morning. Like that was what I you know I was the kid that showed up at school with like crap on their boots, and yeah, I wasn't hanging out at the swimming pool or the country club. I was bailing hay every day, and I hated blue collar work. And so I, I, uh, I basically made like a, a commitment to myself. I'm never going to have to do this for the rest of my life and I'm going to do everything I can not to. And so 
got straight A's all through school, was kind of the overachiever guy. And, and when you grow up poor, you don't really know what an entrepreneur is. You don't really know a lot of things. And, and you just like, you want to get out of poverty. And so I was like, I'm going to go, you know, make money. And, and the only people I knew that made money were either doctors or lawyers, at least that's what I thought. And so I'm like, I like science. My mom's into health and wellness. I'm going to go make mom proud and be a doctor. And so I started a side business going into college, working for Time Warner Cable. I had a little, you know, bought a little S10 pickup that was a piece of crap and a ladder and was climbing poles to make money. And I could average about five or six you know, parts change per hour. Most of the guys that were doing it like were 50, 60 years old union guys. I was non-union, was just a subcontractor. And so I was making, you know, 20 years ago, I was making $40 an hour, which was a lot of money. Now it's, it was a ton of money back then. And so I'm like, I'm going to pay for med school, like I mean, be debt free. And I fell off the ladder a couple of different times, almost got killed. And uh, I was like, this whole blue collar thing isn't working out. Like I'm looking for an opportunity to make enough, not to go into debt, to go to school. And uh, I had a buddy of mine who was a seminary student and he was the antithesis of a salesperson. He starts selling these crazy Cutco knives. And uh, I was like, Steve, you couldn't sell you know, ice to somebody in the middle of the desert. Like, how are you selling these? And he's like, I, the training's really good. And I just go to appointments and people buy. If you can do it, I can at least try. So I literally, I wore my glasses to look smarter in the interview. I wore the one tie I had and went in at 20 years old, hoping that maybe it would last the summertime. And so I did 40 appointments in my first 10 days. I'm like, I'm like, I'm going to give it all I have for six weeks, pour it in. And um, my fourth appointment kind of changed my life forever. It was, it was one of the more awkward things I've ever had to do. I pitched my girlfriend's dad. <laughs> knives. And, uh, and Paul was the kind of guy that he was an attorney, but he like, he'd buy the real estate that magically became the Walmart two years later. And he invested in banks that magically then went public. And then he invested in oil wells. Like, and when you're poor, you notice when people are generous. And he was also the guy that would find a deal on noodles and buy like a semi-loot of noodles and everybody at church the next Sunday would end up with like a year's supply. And I'm like, Paul, it was like 30 grand. Are you insane? And he's like, I just love making people smile. So it wasn't tactical for him. It's just who he was. So I work up the courage, my fourth appointment to pitch, you know, Paul, these knives and he buys himself a set and he buys his three unmarried daughters a set. He drops like three grand on knives. And he comes back to me, he said, he didn't make me feel uncomfortable or awkward at all. Like he was happy to do it. And he said, John, I want to help you hit your goals, but I don't know what else I can buy. And so my wheels are spinning and I come back to him a week later, second time pitching girlfriend's dad knives. And I'd done another 30 or 40 appointments since then. And was like, I was hustling. And he said, John, and I, I thought maybe all of his clients are CEOs of like insurance companies, construction companies, oil and gas companies. Maybe they're all into the hunting and fishing kind of scene. Maybe he'll buy pocket knives, have mercy on me and just order some pocket knives. And uh, he got this little twinkle in his eye. It didn't make me feel uncomfortable. He said, John, I don't want to order a hot hundred pocket knives. I'd like to order a hundred of the paring knives. I'm like, Paul, like I'll, I'm obviously desperate. I'm pitching you a second time in a week. But wh why would you want to order a bunch of kitchen tools for a bunch of men that have run a million and close to a billion dollar companies? And he got this smile on his face. And uh, he, I remember like it was yesterday. He's like, John, in 40 years in business, I figured out one simple truth. And that's if you take care of the family in business, everything else seems to take care of itself. So for me, I'm 20. It's like this lightning bolt moment where I realized it wasn't about the stupid knives. Although to this day, we still sell millions of dollars of those Cutco knives. And uh, people think I'm joking. They're like, oh, like the New York Times will reach out and say, John, like, what's the hot new sexy gift? And I'm like the stupid knives. And they're like, no, 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 really. What's the hot new gift? And I'll explain why. 
But I, I looked at Paul and I'm like, man, I'm 20. He's 60. I want to be him when I'm 60 years old. Like he had this amazing relationships in the community. And so for me, I just started to model what I saw Paul doing. And so I would invest like $200, $300, you know, instead of buying beer in college, I was investing, you know, in Cutco carving sets. And I'd find a $200 million company I'd want to get a meeting with. And I'd put a little handwritten note inside that says, carve out five minutes for me. I promise to be worth your time. I'd engrave the CEO's name, his wife's name, whatever else. And I'd send it off. Two weeks later, I get a phone call from the CEO's assistant, Susie. She's like, hey, Mr. Smith got your package. Really impressed. He wants to meet with you. Next Tuesday at 2 p.m. And I'm like, holy crap, I got class then. But like, this is like a huge company. So I skip class, go to the meeting, walk into this mahogany boardroom in the one suit I have. I'm like, you know, 21. Mr. Smith walks in and his jaw hits the ground. He's like, are you the John Rulin that sent me the knives? I'm like, yes, sir. He's like, I thought you'd be like some seasoned sales executive in their 50s. He's like, uh, I'm really confused. Are you here to sell me knives? And I'm like, uh, I nervously laugh. I'm pouring with sweat. I'm like, <laughs> I'm out of my league here. And I'm like, no, sir, I'm actually here to help you and your thousand sales reps do exactly what I did to you, to your top 10,000 relationships. And Mr. Smith's jaw hits the ground again. He's like, you're really good. <laughs> and, uh, and I laugh and I said, uh, thank you. And over the next hour we talked through and I walked out of there with a PO for a thousand knife sets. Wow. And, Cutco turned it into fraud. They thought I'd stolen a credit card. They'd never seen an order that large. So this started to happen more frequently over the course of the time I was in college. By the time I was a senior in college, Cutco's worked with about a million and a half reps and distributors over 70 years. And applying these principles and modeling the success and using knives, we became their number one rep in the history of the company. We hit the Hall of Fame. We like they, we smashed every record that they had. And so I decided, um, you know what? This whole med school thing and going in you know, half a million dollars in debt for College, I'll put it on hold. And I started the business literally at, at 21 uh, with the idea of, of using you know, the concepts that we now teach, gifting and gratitude and generosity. How did help, help companies apply that and use it to grow their sales, grow their referrals, grow their access, grow their loyalty, all these other things that everybody says that they want, but they don't really have a system or a plan to do. But it all started back with this crazy small country attorney back 20 years ago. That's an awesome story. Yeah. I mean, gosh. So the way I've been thinking about this for a few years now, I think probably ever since I started the podcast, is I've wanted to hire someone part-time, maybe a part-time assistant, and their job is to do nothing else but do some deep research onto our podcast guests about Mm -hmm. their personal passions or family's passion, whatever it may be, if they have a charity just figure out what has meaning to them and then send them a special gift that is associated with that. And that was going to be their entire role. Like it's just to research the people that we come in contact with. We want to do something nice for them for being on the show. Yep. And a professional gift giver, basically. Generosity manager is what we call it. But yeah. Nice. Nice. So that's been in the back of my head for years now and I've just never pulled the trigger on it because I guess it's just, it hasn't hit number one on the priority list yet. Uh, I have a feeling the motivation is going to be there by the time our interview is done today. But, um, but yeah, so I understand the concept and the value of it, but there's a lot more to it. And I would really like to know your insight. And I know this is a part of your methodology that you're going to go through. So measuring the, on one hand, you want to just give the gift without any expectation of anything in return. That's what the definition of a gift is. Yep. And on the other hand, if you're going to be paying a person's salary, be paying thousands of dollars per month on these gifts, 
you ideally want to get some kind of ROI down the road, even if it's just a referral or a thank you or a shared post on Facebook, whatever it may be, so that you can keep that process moving forward and have it at least pay for itself, right? Yep. So take us from the top, walk us through your strategy, because this is what you teach other business owners and entrepreneurs how to do. And I don't even want to pretend to to know where to start with this. So, Yeah. Well, I think that the challenge is, is that everybody in business, whether you're a solopreneur doing, you know, 200 grand or whether you're Google doing, you know, a hundred billion, like everybody says relationships are their most valuable resource. You know, it's all, you know, it's all about employees. It's all about partners. It's all about clients. And yet there's this huge disconnect between what people say and then how they show gratitude and appreciation to those relationships. And so I think one of the challenges is, is that there's no MBA class or school. Like we've had the opportunity to teach it at MIT and in some pretty crazy places, this concept is like, Hey, if you say people matter and you're going to give them a tangible representation, like I, I liken it to, you know, Kings and like the old Testament, the Bible, and like going back 5,000 years ago, Kings would give other Kings like a thousand head of cattle based upon the value of the relationship. Cause they realized, and, and, and even today, like Eastern culture, if you go to China and Japan, like even how you hand somebody a business card shows respect and honor and and I, th- I think at this core level, we all want to do it. We all, we all realize that people matter. But I think because we look around in our Western society and we're like, oh, what's the cool gift? I have Bose headphones. Okay, let's do a bunch of those. And well, we got to get branding out of it. So we probably should slam a logo on it. And so what's interesting is that people have confused what branding and marketing is and what gifting is. And so one of the core things you, you talked about, like doing research, you know, like when I remember, you know, 11 years ago. 12 years ago, I wanted to get somebody's attention. A great example. I, I found out, yeah, I heard Cameron Harold speak. I don't know if you know Cameron mm-hmm. or not. Yeah, good friend. Yeah, so, so Cameron's speaking at this EO event. I barely qualified for EO at the time. And I hear him speak. I'm like, gosh, I want him to be a mentor and advisor. And I can't afford his like, you know, $20,000 a month coaching or whatever it was at the time. And I'm like, I need to get him in my corner. I, I, not just as a mentor, but as a friend, as an advisor. And, uh, I'm like, I, I looked at the calendar. I'm like, holy crap, he's coming to Cleveland in three months. And so I go up to talk to him. I'm like, hey, Cameron, you're coming to town. I'm like, hey, the night before, I got lower level seats to LeBron, you know, the Cavs opening night. Let's go grab a steak dinner and a ball game. And, uh, and I'm thinking he's going to give me a hug and be like, yeah, that sounds great. And uh, his response was the most underwhelming response ever. He's like, <laughs> he's like uh, I don't have anything else going on. I guess I'll go. And I'm like, oh, duh. Like, Almost everybody in business, we all kind of do the same playbook. We take people out to dinner, we go golfing, we take people to ball games, and a lot of people that we want to influence are doing a hundred of these things a year. So it all just kind of becomes noise. It just becomes one after and another. The bur- oh, it's a burden now, right? It's a burden. Yeah, yeah. it's like you, you you like the person. You're like, I, I want to spend time with my kid or my spouse, mm-hmm. or I just want to go rest, or I just want to go to bed. I don't want to go out drinking. And uh, and so I, I in my head, I'm thinking, duh, like this isn't going to work. And I'm like, Cameron, what else are you going to do when you're in town? And he said, I'm going to go shopping. I'm thinking, man, maybe this is my angle. I said, what, uh, where are you going to go shopping at? And he said, uh, I'm from Canada. There's not a ton of Brooks Brothers there. I'm going to go to Brooks Brothers. And so on the spot, I'm like, hey, I'm a Jose Bank guy. What's your shirt size? I want to send you a shirt. And you can tell he looks at me like, dude, does this have a, I have a man crush on me? Like, that's a weird <laughs> question to give another dude, like, you know, like shirt sizes within two minutes of meeting. But, you know, kind of the Canadian charm, like he actually told me. And so long story short, I, I saw my business partner in this idea and he shot me down. Thought it was the worst idea ever. But the day Cameron's supposed to be flying in to go to dinner in a ball game, he starts texting me, John, my flight's delayed. I'm going to get, probably miss my next connection. Do you just want to cancel tonight? 
I'm like, he's trying to weasel out of the dinner and the ball game. I'm like, oh, son of a gun. I said, no, Cameron, whenever you get in, even if it's just for a drink, we'll go, let's go hang out. He said, okay, fine. So I had this idea and I was like, I called my partner and talked him into saying yes. And so we went up, I, went, I just drove an hour to Brooks Brothers, put down the Amex. And I said, I want one of everything in your, in your new fall collection, all your jackets, pants, suits, belts, and on these sizes. And uh, they thought I was joking until I was like, no, I'm serious. And uh, they said, okay. So they ring it up It's $7,000 of clothes and we go to the, the Ritz and we outfit his hotel room to look like a Brooks Brothers store. And I'm sitting down in the lobby, like drinking like a triple on the rocks. And I'm not a big drinker, but I'm so nervous. And uh, my partner, business partner is like, John, he's going to think you're a stalker. This is the worst idea ever. He's like, this is going to blow up in our face. And uh, Cameron came in. You tell like he didn't want to go to dinner in a ball game. He goes up, takes a shower. He comes back down. He says, John, nobody has ever made me feel this way. He's like, I've texted pictures to authors to talk about the best customer experience I've ever had. He said, whatever you want to talk about for as long as you want to talk about it, I'm all ears. I've never had anybody personalize an experience and make me feel this way. And so after that, I continued to send him gifts once a quarter. I built him a you know, $5,000 knife set. I sent him custom leather goods. I did a bunch of other things. But that personalized action of doing the research and going the extra mile and going all in is literally the reason we're now like booking you know, speeches at $45,000 overseas and doing crazy things is before I had a giftology book, Cameron, when he was double booked, he'd say, you got to book John Rulin. And they'd be like, John who? Like, just trust me, just book him. And so my first $10,000 and $15,000 speaking events, all of his CEO clients have been referred to me, like you name it, like he's been in my corner and done things for me that $10 million in advertising couldn't do all because of the personalization of that act of kindness. Mm. And so the personalization, the research is a big part of what we teach. And most people, you know, they don't take the extra time to understand how the other person ticks and, and the fact that they have a spouse or what's, what's really important to them. Not every gift that we do is $7,000, which a lot of times when people hear that story, like when I spoke at Google, they're like, John, like we can't afford $7,000 for all of our clients and employees. And I'm like, you guys have like slides in your lobby. Like you could afford a lot of $7,000 gifts, but if, if you're focused on the dollar amount, it's, you're focusing on the wrong thing. Cause Cameron came back and said, John, the act of kindness of doing this experience for me and making me feel a certain way was the gift. I can't let you buy the clothes as well. So either you're going to tell me how much the clothes were that I took because I couldn't even take half of them with me, or I'm going to guess and round up by 50%. So that entire experience and all the seven figures that have come from it have cost me, it cost me $0. Mm. And so it's not just about the dollar amount. It's about the, you know, people say, oh, John, it's the thought that counts. I'm going to send Amazon gift cards to everybody or Starbucks gift cards or polo shirts with my logo. And I'm like, it's not the thought that counts. It's the thoughtful thought. And the reason you're thinking about hiring some, you know, a generosity manager or an assistant or somebody that that's their job is it takes a lot of work, not just to like send out a bunch of crap, like Amazon's good at sending stuff. But if you really want it to land and if you're dealing with, you know, celebrities or CEOs or people that have affluence, they don't need more stuff. Like that's where people get confused. Like, I'm going to send a bunch of stuff. And I'm like, it just because it's tangible and it's lumpy mail doesn't mean they're going to keep it or that they're going to feel a certain way. Like it's the thoughtfulness that goes into it. And oftentimes that comes as a direct result of not spending the most money, but doing the most research and pouring yourself into it to make sure that it lands and that the other person says, holy crap, this other person is for real. They care about me. They know who I am. They acknowledge me. Like all of those things are what makes, because we can all go buy stuff. You can go afford stuff. So can Ryan Moran. So can Cameron Harold. So can, you know, Garrett White. You name the person. 
But when somebody gets something, they're like, holy crap. They, and, you know, I, I don't call them gifts anymore. I call them artifacts. And the reason I call it an artifact is I talk about how if you were, in a, if your house was on fire, you'd grab a handful of things. And it'd be things that didn't necessarily cost the most money, but that has the most meaning to it. And, and it's things that are, are personal to you. And so when I give a gift to somebody, my hope is that it would be one of the 10 things that they grab in the fire. And that, that's oftentimes it's pictures, it's things that are personal, it's things that have meaning, it's things that are, are attached to a relationship. And so when you talk about generosity manager or somebody to hire, I'm like, man, like I have a bunch of those people who are called giftologists on our team. But most people think that they can just send out and spend, you know, cut the check for whether it's a thousand dollars or a million dollars and that they, they just going to cover it with money. And it's not a money thing. It's a thoughtfulness thing. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And in fact, I think it could backfire on you. Uh, <laughs> so two examples real quick. You know, every year around Christmas time, all the packages start to show up from yeah. businesses that I, you know, I'm a client of theirs, right? It might be a software company, a coaching company, whatever it may be, but I'm paying them every month. So I'm getting the getting the Christmas gift. And it's the corporate gift basket with all of the crap that I don't eat. It's filled with sugar. It's filled with chocolate and corn syrup and wine and all of this other stuff that I just can't have and I don't eat. And it just, it actually pisses me off where it's like, you wasted all of this money. Now I've got to deal with this giant package of crap that I'm never going to use and just throw it away. Yep. And it it has the opposite effect. To me, it's like the least thoughtful thing you could do. I would rather just get nothing or just an email or a phone call or a text or a you know, handwritten card within the $300 generic gift basket that I know went out to 50 other people, right? Yep. So that's that's kind of my my feelings around that topic. And the the second is it's just reinforcing the personalization of it. So I think probably the best gift that I've ever given anyone was uh, my friend and my my old business partner, Robert, when he got married. And so his wife uh, and he really met and originally connected around the book Atlas Shrugged. And that was really the book where they both came, you know, they came together around that topic. Yeah. And when you're looking for an engagement present for someone special, and it needs to be for both of them, the man and the woman, like instantly that book was it for me. So I tracked down the artist that did the original cover art for the book, tracked him down. He's not an easy dude to find. And I had him, I commissioned him to do two original paintings, one for myself and one for them that he's, uh, you know, of the cover in a, in a different variation that he's never done. He'll never do it again. So these are the only two that are in existence. They're all made out of actual gold leaf and bronze leaf and silver leaf. Heck yeah. And that will hang on their wall forever, right? So to me, that's the kind of gift that I like to give. And in fact, I won't even give someone a gift unless I can get to some level of meaning or personalization to where I know it's actually going to matter to them. I'd rather not give them anything and just wait until I find that that thing that I think will be a really good fit for that criteria. So yeah. Well, you, you mentioned two different things. One is the timing. Like pe- it, people reach out to us. I mean, we have a gifting service. They can hire us to do all their gifts for them. And they're like, John, we want to send Christmas gifts. And I'm like, we don't do Christmas gifts. They're like, what do you mean? You're a gifting company. I'm like, no, we don't do get Christmas gifts. And I'm like, we only do gifts at times that they're not expecting it. So you can't hire us to do referral gifts. And like, well, why wouldn't you do a referral gift? And I'm like, well, is it a relationship or a transaction? And they're like, oh, we're in the relationship business. And I'm like, well, 
if you send a you know $300 gift after somebody sends you a million dollar referral, what did you just turn that relationship into? You turned it into a tit for tat, a transactional relationship. And when you, when gifts show up, even if like like people will hire us to do gifting, and I'm like, I can send the same knife set to a thousand people, but based upon how it's personalized, the timing, the handwritten note that goes with it, their spouse's name being on it, all of these little details that people think don't matter allow me to hit a thousand cities for a client or a thousand people at one time. But the timing is just as important as what you're sending. And so if you send it at an obligatory time, I call it no ABC gifting, no anniversaries, no birthdays, no Christmas. Yeah. And the reason is, is that when it, sh- when it shows up just out of the blue, Hey, I was thinking of you. It's not tied to a deal being done. It's just, Hey, really appreciate who you are. Appreciate the relationship and was thinking about you. That hits somebody at a deep emotional level versus crap, we made money and we didn't say thank you this year. We probably should send something in December. All right, Harry and David, here's your list of 250 people and send out the same crappy fruit basket, you know, cheap bottle of wine and whatever else. And, and people think, well, it, you know, that it, it's not going to matter. But I've literally had clients come up to me and say, John, I had somebody that we paid, you know, 100 grand to do a, a search for an employee to place an employee. And they sent us this, this bottle of wine and we looked it up. It was $7.95. And they actually will never work with them again. It was like this cheap pot of wine. And they think they lost the business because we're too, you know, they're too expensive or we moved on to somebody else. And really, they pissed us off. They're like, we spent, we gave them a hundred grand and they, that's how they, that's how they show value and appreciation to me was sending a $7.95 bottle of wine. And so people think it doesn't matter. And what they don't realize is to your point, like they're like, what a bad investment to say, these are all my most important relationships. I'm going to spend money to piss people off or to show a lack of thought, thought, a lack of thoughtfulness or a lack of care. And that's the last thing. You, like, and if you're doing it in a tangible form, like I see all these people doing launches and they send out boxes of their book and whatever else. And it's like, you know, freaking jackets with logos on it. I'm like, I don't allow our clients to put a logo on things. And uh, they're like, well, how are you going to get branding from it? And I'm like, if I sent you a Rolex, would you ha- would I have to put my logo on it for you to remember where it came from? And of course, they're like, well, no. I'm like, well, if you send world-class gifts that are artifacts, that are personalized, then you don't have to put a logo on it. Like the logo defaces it. You're trying to turn people into billboards. You don't think they feel that? What do you think is going to happen to those things? They're going to end up at Goodwill next week. And so you right. spend money to piss your most important people off. Like that's not a good investment. Agreed. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, it just, it just kind of cracks me up. We'll see what boxes show up this year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're listening to the podcast. If they're listening to this one, they, they yeah. Hopefully, it'll filter out. And and uh, and, and food is like one of the worst things because you you mentioned it. Like you know, obviously, you're a health guy, but like with all of the different diets and people being you know sure. like alcoholics and like I've seen people. I had this one person who was an editor. Like they're Jewish, and what is the thank you gift? A pork. It was a ham. Yeah. It was ham. <laughs> you want to talk about like, yeah. I mean, and some people can have a sense of humor about it and be like, <laughs> nobody died. Nobody went to prison. Like they sent a crappy gift. But I mean, food is one of the worst things, in my opinion, to send because everybody wants to, in marketing, wants to measure like the amount of impressions that they get. And one of, one of the guys who you, you may know, Joey Coleman, you know, reached out to me. He's like, John, and the reason I love your knives and the different gifts that you do is, uh, is your gifts stick around and they become a part of the fabric of the client's relationship or the employee's relationship. He's like, it's not food. It's not bottles of wine. He was the first one actually taught me about artifacts. He's like, your gifts are artifacts. I'm like, well, I said, "Uh, that's, that's cool. I said, what do you mean by that? He said, well, when I was an attorney, 
he was an attorney in his previous life. He actually had a client, the patriarch passed away. There's three kids and they inherited $5 million worth of stuff and cash and whatever else. And they fought and they blew through the entire $5 million fighting over one item. I'm like, was it artwork? What was it? And he's like, it was a $20 item. He's like, shut up. He's like, I saw it myself. He's like, he's like, they fought over this artifact. He's like, the dad for 40 years, every day after dinner would play a harmonica. And that harmonica, when the kids thought about their dad, the harmonica was a part of every memory that they had around the dinner table, mm-hmm. every celebration, every yeah. first communion, you name it. And they all wanted that harmonica. And since it wasn't delegated or you know, said who was going to receive it, he's like, your knives and the different things become a part of the fabric of that family. And I've seen it. I've, I've had people come up to me and say, John, I need to buy a set of knives. I'm like, okay. And they're like, I'm like, what happened? He's like, ah, oh, we lost it. My wife fought for it in the divorce. I'm like, she fought for a set of knives? He's like, yeah, we fought tooth and nail over that stupid thing. <laughs> and, uh, and I think a lot of it is tied to, you know, first off, people don't fight fair when they're going through a divorce. But in general, like, you think about the things that we do in 2019, you know, we crave that human connection. We crave breaking bread with people. Like, yeah, even like in 2019, they're fighting over meaning. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Such a simple thought, but such, uh, such a powerful, a powerful emotion. Yeah. So. And, and I'd, you know, I'd recommend, like, if you're going to give, a bottle of wine to someone or something like that, make it into a story, right? So if someone gave me a bottle of wine and it, it might be a 20 or $30 bottle of wine, doesn't matter. The, the, the price is relevant. If it came with a story of why they chose that wine and maybe gave me the story about the time they visited the vineyard or talked to the owner or whatever it may be and told me the story behind the wine, and why it's special to them and why they thought it would be special to me or it reminded them of me or whatever it may be, and they personalized the object in that way, now it actually has meaning, right? So, Yeah, we all crave, we all crave the story. I mean, that's like a lot of what you're buying with any product, right, is the story. And yeah, yeah so oftentimes we'll tell people, like, if you're going to get food items, at least pair it with something that's, that's tangible, that's lasting. So if we have somebody order wine, I'm like, hey, there's this crazy guy over in Australia that spent 10 years developing this insane wine tool called a Code 38. And if you pair that with the wine, like there's only like 5,000 of these things made every year. If you go to the French Laundry, this is the wine tool that they open up like a $20,000 mm-hmm. bottle of wine. And so if you are going to give wine to somebody that's into wine, like that's the big thing is people are like, oh, what are they into? They're into wine or they're into bourbon or they're into racing or they're into golf. And I'm like, if you're into golf, a lot of those guys that are into golf or into whatever, like have like four pairs of golf shoes that they got at every charity tournament they go to. And they already got four sets of clubs. And so finding something that they know they, that you didn't even know or that they didn't even know existed, you have to go all in. And I, I think it was um, Ramit Sethi who said like, I'm into hot sauce. If you try to send me hot sauce, you're going to fail. Like I'm already like a hundred steps ahead of you. Don't send me hot sauce. Send me something else for my assistant or my wife or somebody else, but like oftentimes people do the research and where they don't like, they don't realize that if you are going to go and do something for somebody and it's their hot button going all in or having the story or some unique angle to it is how you make it resonate. Otherwise, oftentimes people have good intentions of doing the research and then they don't, they don't go all in on it. And they, they wonder like, man, I didn't get a thank you note. And it's like, if somebody gets golf stuff sent to them all the time, like just because they're into golf doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to resonate. And so the angle, the story that you're talking about, or like we did one, we did a gift for uh, 
had a great call with Dave Woodward uh, from from ClickFunnels. Mm. I remember him talking on the, the call and listening to some of his Facebook lives about his princess, his wife, Carrie, they've been married like 25 years. I'm like, this is a guy who's like pouring out wisdom. So I'm like, I need to go all in. Like I could tell like he was somebody that family was important. I'm like, I'm not going to just send him like one knife. I sent him like a $5,000 knife set, which he could afford himself. But the angle that I took was he had shared all of these quotes and even Bible quotes and every knife was personalized with a different quote mm. on, on the blade. And he did this Facebook live posting that's been viewed thousands of times. And he said, John, I, I teach people how to do dream 100 lists of how to go after their dream 100. He's like, I've been doing this for 30 years. No, like this is the most amazing gift I've ever seen. And it's not because it's knives. I could afford the knives. It was the level of personalization and the fact that you put my wife's name and her in my nickname for her on that. When I took it home, even my kids who aren't even married yet are like fighting over who's going to get the knives because of what's on them. And so going all in and, and, you know, finding that unique angle is, is the hugest part of, of gifting. And for most people, it becomes overwhelming. And so they either outsource it to an assistant without a proper budget or uh, they don't touch it at all because they're like, oh, I don't want to screw it up. And, and that really, that's probably a smart thing to do. What they don't realize is that, in our opinion, because gifting, the bar is so low and people suck at it so bad, it's one of the few lever points out there that you could actually stand out and open doors and get referrals and do all these things because most people do Facebook ads and there's nothing wrong with Facebook ads and they do Google and they do trade shows and they do billboards. But the bar for gifting is so low because people avoid it or they do it so wrong that it's one of those things where people are like, hey, John, you talk about a thousand X ROI on some of these things for your clients. Is that for real or is that hyperbole? And I'm like, no, it's for real. Like a thousand X ROI is something that we get for some of our clients. Not every time. There's sometimes it's a three X ROI, but it's the bar is so low for most people that it's a pretty, pretty amazing lever point. Yeah. You know, people often ask me, how do you get a list podcast guests on the show? Like Tony Hawk or something like that. Right. Yeah. And for me, the, the advice is go find out what's important to that person. Like, give me, give me something that's special to them that I can reach out to. And a lot of times, and with Tony specifically, it's his passion for his charity yep. where they build skate parks, right? So when I reached out to them, I was like, I know this is a huge passion for you and I think we can bring a lot of attention to it. And I'd like to, to make a personal donation right now, whether you show up or not. And boom, Tony Hawk is on the podcast, you know, a couple of weeks later. So yeah. yeah, that's just, you just got to find out what's important to folks. So this is, we're going, we're like, I can't believe how quick this is going by. I want to learn more about y'all's services because it sounds like this is, you've got everything covered from A to Z, from the book to full service. So I'm super interested in, in learning more because it sounds like you took the idea that I've been wanting to do for years now and did it. And it's kind of a done for you service. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's different levels. I mean, sometimes people just want to read the book and do it on their own. I'm like, Hey, God bless you. Go do it. Like yeah. my, my, one of my missions is to get you know, a million leaders out there being more radically generous with all of their relationships. And I, and I see people applying it even to their marriages where they're like, I get emails from people in Vietnam and crazy places saying my marriage is better because I applied your principles to my number one customer, which is my wife. Mm-hmm. But at a core level, it's not hard anybody like people are like, Hey, John, are you just gifted with this? Like you just have this talent of like doing amazing gifts. And I'm like, actually, I'm not a great gift giver. I've just been focused on it for 19 years. And, uh, my love language, if you've read the book, the five love languages Mm -hmm. is actually words of affirmation. Gifting isn't even on my list. It's, it's at the bottom. 
And so anybody can do it. If a farm boy was milking goats, you know, 30 years ago can do it. Anybody can. And it's not hard to do it for one person. But where most people start cutting corners is if they try to do it for 15 people or 50 people or 100 people or 1,000 people. It's like all of a sudden you're like, holy crap, I'm not UPS. How do I send out all of these things? Yeah. How, do I handwrite the, how do I handwrite the notes? Yep. How do I make sure that even if I'm sending the same thing to everybody, how do I personalize each item with a different quote or their name or their spouse's name? And so oftentimes people will reach out to us and say, John, we want to hire your company. What gifts do you have? And I'm like, here's the funny part is when we, we do this thing called a loyalty action plan and we walk them through a process of, you know, discovering who are all of their most important relationships and, and all these different things, the who is more important than the what. And what I mean by that is most businesses tick by like, there's like 20% of their relationships or 5% of their relationships. And most people end up sending out like a shotgun they're like, how many people are on our customer list? You know, it's like, oh, 500. How much do we have left in the marketing budget or the gifting budget? $10,000. All right, divide 10,000 by 500 and they send out everybody a $20 like box of peanut brittle. And that's how most people think. And so when somebody hires us, the who, figuring out who your most important relationships are and the value of those relationships. The goal for us is to make it a math equation where you're looking at your entire company all of your relationships, all of your employees, putting a number to that and reinvesting a certain percentage. And so we'll walk people through step by step. Here's who you're going to send gifts to. Here's why you're sending them. Here's when we're going to send them. That's going to shock and awe and be a surprise to them. And then at the last piece is like what they're actually going to send. And we pick that for them because the challenge is you and I, especially guys are the worst at this. Women are a little bit more intuitive from an emotional intelligence. But most guys will look around and say, hey, I like steaks. Let's send everybody steaks. Or, hey, I like bourbon. Let's send everybody bourbon. We shop with our own eyes. And we don't realize that the other person, like the gift should be all about the recipient, not about what you like. It shouldn't be about your company colors. It shouldn't be in your theme. It's all about them. And so when we walk through and pick the final gift, people are like, but I don't like knives or I don't like that thousand dollar mug or I don't like that leather good or I don't like and I'm like is the gift for you or is it for the person <laughs> you're sending it to and they're like oh good point so a lot of it is coaching the mindset and the heart set and one of the biggest things is like most people when they send a gift that the, the inkling is I want to get a return on this so I need to ask for something I'm going to send the gifts and then I'm going to ask for referrals and what they don't realize is that's a bait and switch they're trying to manipulate and bait and switch and what when you do that subconsciously you're telling the other person that you're trying to manipulate them and that whether they realize or not that doesn't feel good and so you actually spend money to have this negative deep visceral relationship with them and so coaching people through like hey just like a gary v would say like what you know jab 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 then right hook and most people don't have the patience and the persistence to say i'm going to send this gift and then i'm going to send another gift and then i'm going to send another gift I'm going to pour into this person multiple times before I ask for anything in return. Cause we're all like, I tell people like, this isn't like a hold hands and sing kumbaya, like in just hope and wish. But if you're not willing to commit to it for the long term, and in fact, if somebody wants to hire a firm, I won't let them do it unless they're committing for three years. And the reason is, is you don't want to be like super generous for six months and then go back to being Ebenezer Scrooge six months later because you'll actually damage the relationships. People are like, Oh, he was just trying to manipulate me. Oh, like, it, it, it'll actually cause more harm than good. And so people can hire us to develop the plan, which if they, you know, if your tribe wants to go download the exact process of what we take clients through, whether they decide to hire us to help them put the, together the plan, they can do it on their own for free. 
if they go to giftologyplan.com, they can download it and walk through that process on their own. If they want to hire us, there's a fee to that. And then if they like the plan, which you know most people do, they're like, holy crap, this is a lot of work. Can we just give you the plan and have you go take care of shipping it and picking it and graving it and handwriting the notes? And, and that the, the core of our business for 19 years has been really an outsourced gifting agency where somebody can say, hey, here's my 100 most important relationships. Here's my 25 most important relationships. Here's my 2,500 most important relationships. You make sure that they feel the love so that I get the loyalty, I get the referrals that I'm looking for over time. Not as a magic bullet, not as a, we can suck at everything and give great gifts. And all of a sudden, like our business skyrockets. Like I tell people all the time, like you have to have your other parts of your business dialed in. Like gifting isn't the savior. Gifting is the cherry on top to Sunday that if all your other processes are dialed in, like that can be the difference maker where somebody's like, oh my gosh, like they're already amazing. And then they sent me this. That's where you, like I had some one client reach out and say, John, I got 38 referrals from the Cleveland Indians in one day. And I'm like, well, I guess you're glad you gave gifts for six years, aren't you? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, but it took you know, six years of gifting before that came to fruition. And so sometimes people think, well, I'm going to give gifts and magically my business is going to 10x. And I'm like, this is, like, this is a long-term process. And so the, uh, the gifting done for you service is great. Some people, you know, like that's perfect for if you're a solopreneur and you're like, hey, you're just getting started, like go download the plan and walk through it on your own and just take care of even like five people. Maybe it's a mentor, maybe it's an advisor, maybe it's your first investor. Like it's not always about taking care of hundreds and thousands of people. Oftentimes in business, and you probably experienced this, Mike, where it's like you can count on two hands where like there's a handful of people that have made you like got you to that next level or mentored you or given you a piece of advice or opened a door for you. It's not always taking care of the masses. I tell people go all in, you know, on a handful of people people versus going mediocre on the masses, which is what most people tend to do. Yeah, and I I would love your feedback on this, but I personally I would just really recommend folks here that if you're going to do something like this that you truly do it from a place of wanting to give and not to get. Yep. And and you do it without an expectation of getting anything in return. And you're not going and using this as a marketing tactic where you you are trying to bring that manipulation into it, where it's just like you're giving because it's bringing joy to you to give. And if something comes from it, great. If it doesn't, that's just fine too. But yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. When you do it the right way, I mean, you never know like how it's going to come back to you, but like, you know, Robert Cialdini, there's there's a lot of people that have talked about like, we're all wired to want to reciprocate. Yeah. But most people want to put a box around it and say, well, I better get this referral or this deal or this open door within three months or else it wasn't worth it. And my original mentor, Paul, like the reason he was reaping what he was reaping was because he committed to it. Like it's sexy to say we're playing the long game, but most people's long game is like three months, not 30 years. Yeah. And I, I tell people, I always challenge them. I'm like, hey, go be radically generous with all of your important relationships and come back in three years and tell me it wasn't worth it. Right. And I've never had anybody in 19 years come back and be like, oh, you know what? I just, I showed all this gratitude to people and, uh, you know, business sucks. My relationships <laughs> suck. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just not how, you know, as human beings, like we all crave that appreciation and acknowledgement, but the strings attached is where most people ruin it. And, uh, and they come back like, oh, John, it didn't work. And I'm like, you've been doing it for like, you know, 45 days. Like, are you serious? Like, it's just people have these unrealistic expectations and want it, uh, want it overnight, and that's not how it works. No, nope, no, nope. agreed, agreed. This is a high leverage move that brings the opportunity, brings opportunities that you would never, ever, ever get otherwise. They're 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 
less frequent, but the the magnitude of them is significantly higher. So yep. yeah, I absolutely agree. Well, this is so cool. Where should folks go once again, real quick to to get the book to get the the plan that you guys the workbook that you guys are giving away for free if somebody wants to just reach out to you directly and say hey this is something i definitely want to pursue i want you guys to do it for me is there a fast track for them to get in touch with you how does all that work yeah well the the giftologyplan.com is where they can download things uh, obviously amazon has all the different versions of the book you know i always tell people take the free option first and then if they decide that they want to invest in the book there's no giftology too coming out next year like we poured everything we had into putting that playbook together. So it's, it's literally, you know, from start to finish, you know, our best ideas over 19 years. And if somebody wants to, to reach out, they can reach out to me personally. I'll give you my, you know, john at giftologygroup.com is my personal email. And I don't do any of the plans. I don't do any, like I get to be the fun person that goes out and hangs out with great guys like you and, and host people and cast vision. So uh, you don't want me picking your gifts. Uh, I have a team of <laughs> giftologists to walk you through that process. But if you email me direct, I'll make sure that you get connected to uh, to our team and and uh, walk through the plan. The plan is always first. People are like, "Hey, I want to order 200 things." And I'm like, "You got to go through the plan. Otherwise, you're wasting money." Yeah. And uh, but if they if they email me, I'm I'm happy to connect them directly. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, John, thank you so much for the time today and for sharing this. I I love topics like this and stories like this because it has meaning and. And in a in a sea of digital marketing with numbers and spreadsheets and all of this stuff, like it's really easy to to lose track of the humanity <laughs> of of relationships. And so this kind of stuff just lights me up and I think it's awesome. So congrats on everything that you've you've done for you know, gosh, all of your clients and just bringing this out to us and giving us the opportunity to, to pay it forward, really. It's amazing. Yeah, well, it's it's pretty rewarding. I get to play Santa Claus year round and love on people, and it's it's definitely the legacy I hope to pass on to my girls. And and uh, you know, it's been an honor to be with you. Thanks so much, awesome, for having brother. Me. Absolutely. Well, guys, gals, thank you as always for listening. Please share this episode. Everybody needs to hear this. And if you can, if you want to give a little gift uh, to myself and our amazing team here for producing this podcast. That's real easy. Just give us a give us a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this. That would mean the world to us. And if you want to drop John an email and just say thank you for his time today and what you learned and what he shared, that would be amazing as well. So thanks so much. We'll see you next week. Run